Welcome to Play for Keeps, a presentation of Ashland New Plays Festival. This play is the property of the playwright who reserves all rights to its use. This recording is the property of Ashland New Plays Festival, Inc., which reserves all rights to its use. Thank you for joining us. We hope you enjoy the show. Part 2. A very funny joke I once heard about Wittgenstein. Hey, it's over. I snapped my fingers. It ain't over till the bald soprano sings, Willie. What are you talking about? This is my story. Since when does the screenwriter get the final cut? Since when does the screenwriter have any kind of cut whatsoever? I think I've had just about enough of your nonsense. From now on, I control the horizontal and the vertical. The horizontal and the... They don't even know what you're talking about. How many people in this audience know what he's talking about? Raise your hand if you know what he means by the horizontal and the vertical. That reference is ancient history. Well, it's no older than the flipper in Tintin line you put in my mouth on page 24, smart guy. Why don't you tell them what happened that night when you got home? Why should I tell them what happened that night when I got home? Because it may be your screenplay, but it's my movie, isn't it? But this is my whole argument. I do all the work. I have the creative struggle, and you waltz in and make some movie loosely based on my screenplay that comes to you when you read it. It's like I get you all turned on, and then you go out and fuck the whole world, and all I get is a bad taste in my mouth. No, no, no. I was going to say all I get is a mouthful of cum. Well, we'll see how that tests. Right. It's still my movie. That's showbiz. Oh, fuck it. You're just jealous. Could we please leave Missy Haggerty out of this? I doubt it. Gabe puts the two chairs together and adds a third one to make Willie's sofa. This is his den. You'd have to see it to believe it. There's a basketball hoop over there. There's a three-second line here in the three-point circle. This TV screen, it's 72 inches, I believe. Is it 72 inches, Willie? The one in the bathroom's not quite as big, is it, Willie? This is a Friedlander. That is a Southern Sung Dynasty, if I'm not mistaken. And that is a Dee Vlamink. I really like that. And that? I don't know what that is. What is that, Willie? That's the Bayou Tapestry, Gabe. I bought it from the Louvre. And I have the Temple of Dendur, which I stole from the Met in my garage. Would you like to see the splendor of Dendur? It's in the garage next to the Lambo. It's, a, it's good you have a sense of humor about these things. Go, sit. <sighs> I do this under protest. When the baseball commissioner reviews this play, this entire game is going to be thrown out. That reminds me of a very funny joke I once heard about Wittgenstein. <laughs> Why are you laughing? <laughs> oh, <laughs> I thought that was the joke. No, that was not the joke. Go, sit. I'm sitting. What were you watching? I was watching the first 20 minutes of Indiana Jones. How it has no exposition because the whole thing is exposition. Spare me. I'll just come in, shall I? That's what you did, isn't it? You just walked in the front door and came into the den. And why was the door open? Hey, don't give it away. Give me the script. Willie gives Gabe his copy of the script. They start. Gabe? Willie? Come in. Sit down. Thank you. Gabe? Yes, Willie? What are you doing in my den? Oh, is this your den? I thought it was Madison Square Garden. No, no, it's my den. Occasionally, I, I shoot some hoops. I read the script. 
Well, it's only 749. How did you have time to get home, read it, and get here by 749? I didn't go home. I read it at my desk. I have one or two questions. Choose carefully. Right. Like the night in Indiana Jones. Did you write that line? <laughs> I only wish. I wrote some of the father-son dialogue. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I was highly qualified to tidy up that little corner of the script. Why is that? I had one. Well, a father? <laughs> yeah. Distant, difficult, demanding. British? Jewish. Close enough for showbiz? Close enough for showbiz. So, your script. Yes. It fascinates me. It disturbs me. It gives me a pain in a very hard-to-reach place. Oh, good, good. That's good. It has an unorthodox structure. It doesn't really tell a story, as far as I can tell, on a quick read. Quick read? Well, not so quick. A fairly close read. Well, it depends on what you mean. It has a collection of fairly disparate elements, and yet... And yet, there is something that connects them, so that you feel they all belong in the same movie. Uh, yes... Yes, so, okay, yes. Good, we agree. So it has this set of fairly disparate storylines. Screenwriter, adventurer, serial adulterer. I would call him a very single-minded ladies' man. Ladies' man, serial adulterer, six of one. Uh, and, uh, okay, and then there is this guy on the... Guy on the ledge. Guy on the ledge. Is it a ledge? Would you call it a ledge? Do they have ledges on the 101st floor? Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. For the purposes of the screenplay, they have ledges on the 101st floor, yes. Actually, it's more like a guy sitting where the wall used to be. Floor-to-ceiling glass actually used to be. It's been blown out by some catastrophic event. We know this? We infer it. Visually, it would be unmistakable. Guy sitting where the floor-to-ceiling glass used to be... And he's sitting there very calmly. He's dangling his legs over the edge. Yes, and looking down. Yes, and I cannot, for the life of me, connect him up with the other elements of the movie. And yet... And yet, you find him oddly compelling, disturbing. Cinematic. I think that's the right word. Cinematic, filmic. Yes, it's a very compelling visual image. Guy on a ledge, 100 floors up. So the question in my mind becomes, because he says almost nothing, and no one, obviously because he's all alone, and no one speaks to him. Obviously. My, my question becomes, what is he doing in this movie? How do you mean that? How do you mean? How do I mean? <laughs> funny. That reminds me of a very funny joke about Wittgenstein I once heard. Yeah. <laughs> Why are you laughing? Oh, I thought that was the joke. No, that was not the joke. I mean, do you want to know what he actually does, or do you want to know why he's in the movie? Both. I don't know, Gabe. Okay? Big questions, complicated. All right, maybe we should start somewhere else and work our way back. Well, where would you like to start? Here, I brought a bottle of scotch. A bottle of scotch magically appears for Gabe. Why don't you have a couple of drinks? Well, uh, why me? Because I had several in the car sitting in the driveway before I decided to come in. Um, if you don't mind, I'll, I'll, I'll nurse this drink. Willie produces his own bottle. Hey, let's, uh, let's uh, call my ex. Why should we call your ex? I don't know. It might be fun. Let's call Missy Haggerty. Missy Haggerty? You want to call Missy? I have her phone number. Let's call her up. You have her phone number? What, you Googled her? I Google her on a regular basis. What would you say to her? I'm going to say, Missy, you little minx, I want you to tell me where you live so I can come out there and see you are as big as a house 
Have you aged gracelessly? And am I finally, finally, finally immune to your sexy little ass? Can I finally look you in the eye and feel exactly nothing? Am I over the bitterest disappointment of my life? Yes. She is as big as a house. She is? As a house. And I don't mean a bungalow on the west side. I mean like a Bel Air mansion sprawling with two enormous wings. She has enormous wings? And a rotunda. No, (laughs) don't say that. I don't want to hear that. Yes, you do. You just said it yourself. How could you possibly know she has enormous wings? And a rotunda. (laughs) I saw her. You saw her? You saw her where? You actually saw her. She really exists? Yes. Where did you see her? Camp Oconomowoc. What do you mean, Camp Oconomowoc? Camp Oconomowoc doesn't really exist. It's a legendary place from my mythical childhood. It has no physical reality. They had a reunion. I went. She went. She's divorced. Her kids are grown. Oh, her husband was a dick. She had an affair. She got caught. He divorced her. She was so full of anger, she came to the reunion to fuck me. You fucked her? I I didn't say that. You didn't fuck her? She scared the crap out of you? She bristled with anger and hostile intent, and you decided to leave well enough alone? I didn't say that. Well, what did you say? Well, actually, she came to the reunion looking for you. She did? Uh Uh-huh. She said to me... Look, Willie, I slept with you when I was 16, and it was very nice. You were very nice, but I always had this thing for Gabe, and I had to make a choice, so I chose you, and now I want him. (laughs) Okay, I get it, okay, (laughs) okay. That was good. You are very good. You got me. I admit it. You had me going. Gabe, I'm telling you the truth. Camp Oconomowoc? 60th reunion, everyone was there. Timmy Lusky, Eddie Shapiro, Danny Damsky. How'd she look? Oh, big as a house. Bigger. Don't say that. I hate you. How could she do that to herself? Well, she said she did it to spite her dick of a husband. So I wouldn't have wanted to fuck her. Just to break the spell or something. She wanted you, Gabe. I don't think you could have withstood her withering fire. So I was well out of it. Think so. So we don't really need to call her, do we? Nope. You're just leading me on. Yep. (laughs) You slept with her at summer camp. Well, we were CITs. I know that. What I don't know is why'd you bother to live the rest of your life? It's all been downhill. Go on. Drink up, buddy. You got some catching up to do. (laughs) I'm way ahead of you, Gabe. What are you drinking? He reaches for Willie's bottle. Oh, uh, uh, no, 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 don't go mixing your drinks. Why don't you just tell me what's on your mind? I'm on so much medication you couldn't begin to catch up to me. (laughs) Unless you happen to have some LSD secreted about your person. Secreted? (laughs) That's good. You do cop talk good. That's not hard. Why not? Because no one really knows what cops sound like. You just make it up and people assume... Jack Guinness. Cut to Jack. Cut to Jack. Running out the back door. Yep. That's a good start. Good visual. But you know which one I really liked? No, which one? The one where he picks up the antique platinum lighter on her dresser and lights her cigarette and then absentmindedly pockets it. And then he takes it out at a dinner party. The husband sees him light his cigarette with it and... Yeah? And I have to tell you something about the husband. Yeah? You have a thought about the husband? An observation. Yes? Is it possible that when our hero... Jack Guinness... Let's call him the screenwriter. 
When the screenwriter, in the opening montage, when he grabs his clothes and runs out the back door and he's clutching his clothes to his chest, and so you assume that somewhere in the backyard behind a tree or something he gets dressed and sneaks away. Right. Is it possible that in his haste he took the wrong shirt? Maybe the husband's collarless linen shirt that was on the raw silk upholstered bedroom sitting chair and in his haste and because they looked almost alike, he takes the wrong collarless linen shirt and never notices and then one day when he is wearing it, the husband sees him at Mort's delicatessen and says to himself, damn, if that isn't my collarless linen shirt I've been looking for ever since I found that other one in the bathroom that didn't quite look like mine, although at the time I thought my mind was playing tricks on me, but now now that I see it, I know that is my collarless shirt and the other one isn't. And by the way, who wears a collarless linen shirt to Mort's delicatessen in the Palisades? Oh, wow. <laughs> I, I mean, I, mean I, I like that, Gabe. I, I like that. That's almost better than the antique platinum liner, except you don't need both. And... By the way, a guy who's like, you never know who you might run into at Mart's. No, probably not. That'd be redundant. Audiences hate redundant. In real life, you can have redundant. In fact, real life is peppered with redundant. But not so much in the movies. Not in the good ones. So what you're saying is... Yes, that is exactly what I'm saying, Willie. So that's not really a question, is it? No, it's not, but I will rephrase it as a question. Yes. My question is, Why? Why did Jack take the lighter? No. Why did Willie put it in the screenplay where I would see it? Gabe, uh, okay, I, I know. I, I mean, I, I didn't think. I, I mean, it was such a good detail. I, I really wanted to use it. I, well, I never thought you would. They're both good. Uh, yeah, but I only knew about the, the one with the lighter, and I really wanted to use it, and... I really didn't think you knew. Otherwise, I, I mean, because uh, I intended to go to the grave with that. I didn't know about the lighter. Did you really flash it at me at a party? Yeah. Whose party? My girlfriend's. Was I at your girlfriend's party? Oh, you know damn well you were. You were all over her. Well, I didn't know about the lighter. It was the other one I knew about. The one with the shirt, the collarless linen white shirt from Salvatore Ferragamo. I didn't know where that lighter went until today. Oh, well, that explains it, doesn't it? Mine was Ermanegildo Zegna. Yeah. Yeah, that, that happens, doesn't it? What happens? I mean, men's fashion, Gabe, where suddenly everybody is making the same goddamn shirt or tie. But antique platinum lighters, on the other hand, are one of a kind. Yeah, but I keep coming back to this guy on the ledge because somehow that explains it all to me. Although I can't quite put my finger on it. Why? No? You, you can't picture it? It could be either building. He could be sitting in either one. Let, let's say, for the sake of argument, the first one has already fallen. I mean, he would know. I mean, he could make a shrewd guess that the second one was going to fall too— that it would collapse in a rain of steel and fire and nothing would survive. And even if he hadn't, for the sake of argument, seen the first tower fall, 
Maybe he is in the first tower. He still has to know or guess fairly shrewdly that it's going to end badly. He looks below him. He sees several floors of fire, entire floors. Fire is eating away at the building. What would you think at that point? That the New York City Fire Department was going to haul their hoses up 101 flights and put the fire out? No. That the fire would suddenly burn itself out because that's what fires do? No. Because it would just run out of things to fuel it. No. Oh, that God would intervene. A miracle. Thank you, Lord, for favors granted. No, that never got past a decent story conference. What a... No. So either way, whether he's sitting in the first tower or he's sitting in the second tower, he knows he's in for a very bad ride. And so we see his face. And he has no lines and he has no one to listen to. But we can see what he is thinking, can't we? That he might jump. That he might as well jump. I mean, why not? Why wait? There is something empowering about jumping. Something ennobling. Don't you think? Don't you think? It doesn't really matter what I think. It's what's written that counts. Okay, true enough. But the thing is... I don't know why, but this particular copy of the script that I have in my possession is missing the final pages in the fade-out. So I don't know how it ends. Oh, you mean the author left the ending as an exercise for the reader? Did he really? I don't know. In the blow-by-blow of our initial meeting, it might have misplaced itself, or it might not have been written in the first place. Well, but what do you think? This is good. This is very good how it works on two levels. Oh, you noticed that. He noticed that. Yeah, he did. Good. Okay, see, now I'm thinking about the thing with the lighter again. That's that's a real motherfucker. That's what that is. Well, I, I'd like to put that on hold, if I may. Oh, you want to put that on hold? I do. I, I would. You fucked my wife, you asshole. Well, you fucked both my girlfriends while you were still married to your wife, you jackass. So, yeah, let's just put that on hold for the time being. Yeah, I'm glad you see it that way. So... How do you see the other thing? Do you see him jumping? Hmm. No, Willie, not in this movie. No, no, I don't. In fact, that might scotch the whole story. Because? It might turn the audience against our hero. You think he should just sit there and watch the building burn itself out from under him? Well, it's a tough call. But I think if I were in the audience, I would be sitting there thinking, what can I do to help this guy? How can I rescue him? Yeah, that's a very unusual audience response. I'm not entirely typical. I mean, how could you rescue him? You would have to know that. You couldn't. No, see, I think I would be sitting there thinking there must be some kind of twist to this story, or else I don't think I want to sit through it. Right. So maybe leave out the ending. Better to pose the question, does he or doesn't he, and not feel the need to answer it. Because after all, everyone likes it when you ask the right questions— but they're usually disappointed when you give them an answer. So you're saying don't answer it? Yeah, better to hint at it. Just hint, right? No, Willie. In a movie, you can't be ambiguous. People don't stand for that. has to be clear-cut, yes or no, black or white. Not this movie. Look, Willie, she would have left me no matter what. You had very little to do with it. I was the straw that broke the camel's back. Maybe, maybe. But most of the load was on me. I was fucking everything in sight. And at the end there, I wasn't even bothering to hide it very much. Probably wanted to get caught. Right. So you could get your face in variety. So she could take you to the cleaners. She did that. She did. In the end, 
I see it as it was good for me. Lit a fire under my professional ass. Got me going again. You still have that lighter? Yeah, I, I think I do. It's probably around here somewhere. Well, if you find it, I would like it back. Why? Uh, sentimental value. <laughs> you old softy. Hey, am I crazy or am I coming off like some kind of decent human being who is not a mere foil for the main character but has a claim to some of the audience's sympathy for himself? Are you asking me or are you asking them? You heard that? Of course I heard that. Of course he hears everything. Do I hear everything? I'm asking you. Yeah, maybe. Good to know. So what do we think about the ending of the screenplay? Which way is it going to go? It doesn't really matter, does it? Whatever I write, you're going to change it to suit your own taste. No, Willie. This isn't the kind of story that you can tinker with. This one is kind of set in stone, locked, as they say. Once you write it, the script is locked. Sorry? Hey, I... I, I hey, I'm lucky if 50% of what I write gets up on the screen. Not this time. No, no. Not, not, not this time? So think about it some more, maybe. Get it right, whatever that is. Yeah, yeah. Um, Willie? Yeah? Are you okay? Uh, yeah, 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 I, 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 I'm cool. I, 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 I was going to say, oh, oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, that reminds me of a very joke I once heard about. Wittgenstein. <laughs> why, why are you laughing? Oh, I thought that was the joke. Something is slowing Willie down, making him seem a little off. No, no, that 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 isn't the joke. That uh, this is the joke. Uh, <laughs> hang on, let me just put my thoughts together here. Oh, uh, okay. Oh, okay. Three philosophers are discussing how they call balls and strikes. Wait, you're really telling me a joke? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I, man. Uh, uh, a joke about Wittgenstein? Yeah, yeah, uh, a funny one. A, a, a funny one. A, f a funny one I once heard. Since when do you know a joke about Wittgenstein? I've known it forever, ever since I can remember, ever since we started playing this game. And you never told it to me? No. Never did. And now you're going to tell it to me? Yes, if you will stop interrupting. Okay. Okay. Mm. So. Mm. Hey, Willie, are you okay, Willie? Yeah, 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 yeah. L let, me, let me tell the joke. Okay, so three philosophers are discussing how they call balls and strikes when they umpire a baseball game. This better be very, very funny. I've waited a long, long time for this joke. Will you stop? Yes, yeah, sorry. Something is clearly affecting Willie by this point. Yeah. And, and the three philosophers are Bishop Berkeley, G.E. Moore, and Ludwig Wittgenstein. <laughs> is this a joke or a graduate seminar in epistemology? And, and Bishop Berkeley says, I call him like I see him. Right, idealism. And Moore says... I call them like they are. Okay, yes. Naive realism. And Wittgenstein says, they ain't nothing till I call them. Oh. Yeah. That's very funny. Very hard not to laugh at that one. How could you possibly resist? You are a very funny man, Willie Schatz. Uh, Willie? Hey, Willie. Uh, what? I said you were very funny. 
What's up with you, Willie? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, hey, hey, look at me. Look at me. What are you drinking, Willie? What's in that bottle? Oh, no. Come on, tell Uncle Gabe. Nothing. It's nothing. Gabe grabs the bottle. No, don't. Don't what? Gabe sniffs the contents of the bottle. Hey. What the? He tastes it. What the fuck is this? It's it's nothing. It, it's it's my meds. It, it, it's easy to use liquid form. Gabe takes a very long pull at the bottle. Gabe, whoa, whoa, Gabe. Oh, come on, man. That's not your bottle. That's my bottle. What did I just drink, Willie? I'll drink it all if you don't tell me. Go ahead. Gabe does. No, stop, no, stop. Oh, don't. What's in there? Everything. I put it all in there. Uh, well, maybe not all, but enough. Enough to get the job done. God damn it. Are you out of your mind? Gabe gets his phone out. No, Gabe, no phone call. Hello, 911. Hello? Hello? Excuse me, am I boring you? Yes? Okay, I'll tell you what my emergency is. Willie bats the phone out of Gabe's hand, but Gabe is able to get it back. No, Gabe, no heroic measures. I would rather, I would rather... Willie sits down on the floor in a daze. Hey, <laughs> this is kind of nice. It's kind of like quaaludes. Gabe tries to get him to his feet. Come on, Willie, you can't sit. You have to get up. Do I? Yeah. Why do I have to get up? Because it's time to catch a school bus. Come on, Willie. Jesus. No, Gabe. Just leave it be. I, I finally summoned the courage. Let me do this. Willie wretches. Oh, fuck. Something I swallowed. Disaggregate. No. Disaggregate. No, 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 no. This, uh, disagreedigate. This, disagree, uh, disagreed with me. Yeah, well, now I'm disagreeing. Yeah, I got a guy here who's overdosing. I need an ambulance. The address is... No, Gabe, no ambivalence. Uh, no ambivalence. Whatever. He knocks Gabe over. Gabe gets up, grabs the bottle, and chugs it. While he is doing this, Willie smashes the phone. They each see what the other has done. Hey, well, why did you do that? Why did you smash my phone? Uh-oh. You just took a big, fat overdose. So what are you going to do? Are you going to let me die? I broke your phone. Well, what about your phone? My phone? My? Do I have a phone? You damn well know you have a phone. Uh, oh, yes, yes, I do have a phone. Of course I have a phone. I... I don't use it as much as some people in this room. I don't text and Google and Snapchat like some people. Where is it? How the hell should I know where it is? I just took a huge fucking overdose of designer opioids and weapons-grade anti-inflammatories and industrial strength muscle relaxants and blood pressure medication because my fucking blood pressure has a goddamn mind of its own these days. Well, find a goddamn thing. Well, okay. He stands up and collapses. Willie? Willie? Oh, I think I just found my phone. He takes a smashed phone out of his back pocket. Uh-oh. Maybe it still works. Willie tries to swipe the phone on. He cuts himself. Ow! Ow, God damn it! I got a splinter in my... Ow, ow, that fucking hurts. Give me the goddamn phone. Gabe grabs the phone. Ow, God damn it! He drops the phone. He gets down on the floor and tries to use the phone without touching it. Here, here, let me do it. You baby. Ow, that really fucking hurts. On the floor, he is very gingerly dialing. Hello? Hello? Oh, hello, 911. How is your numerical little self today? 
Is there a song about you, like 6345709 or Pennsylvania 560000, like 911? I'm dialing 911. I don't know what you look like, but you sound like lots of fun. <laughs> well, if you would let me collect my thoughts, I will tell you what my emergency is. I believe, please don't shout at me. I'm, I'm, I'm feeling very fragile. Okay, give me the phone. I can do it. I can do it. Yes, 911. The emergency is this. My friend and I have taken an accidental overdose of all my meds. I mean, I cleaned out the medicine chest and I opened all the capsules and I poured out all the powder from the capsules into a great big heap and then I smashed all the pills into powder and I dissolved the whole thing into a bottle of Dewar's White Label. Oh, yeah, well, I, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Check that. It was not an accident. We did it on purpose. Well, I did it on purpose. He sort of did it because he got swept up in the spirit of the thing. Hey, hey. Gabe gets Willie away from the phone, speaks to the 911 operator. Operator, we both took an accidental overdose. We need an ambulance. We are at, uh, we're at, uh, Willie, what the fuck is your address? Why don't you look on your phone? And Willie passes out. <sighs> what the fuck is the address here? I'll be right back. You would think that by this point he would have learned not to leave the stage at such a critical moment. He gets up. Look, I, I know it's a lot of fun when he sneaks off to speak to you and he unintentionally belittles himself in the guise of a frank confession, but I like it better when he is more real. I mean, it's, it's more nuanced and you don't expect it, so it should work as a subtle twist in the storyline. Why am I telling you this? <laughs> Maybe it's because I like to talk to the audience. In real life, you don't get to talk to the audience. You talk to yourself. <sighs> it's a lonely business no one's listening. No one cares. If we could hear each other's inner life, we'd go mad from it. But a screenwriter is always talking to his audience, whether they know it or not. I know. It's deep. A deep thought. Deep, but not profound. That's just about the only thing I will miss. Oh, if I could keep on doing that, I would never leave. I would never give up this life. God would have to tear it away from me, pry it from my cold, dead fingers as the NRA would have it with their guns. Uh, I'm rambling. <laughs> as someone once said, and I think it was me, good writers don't do that. Gabe returns. Willie passes out again. Hey, did he, was he just, he did that on purpose, didn't he? Didn't he? Oh, never mind. Hey, 911, the address is... Hey, 911, you cocksucking motherfucker, what time is it over there in Bangalore? And why are you answering the phone for the LAPD? Never mind. Okay, look, you know what? I think I've made my point. I saved his life. Happy ending. I'm calling this game on account of darkness. Gabe snaps his fingers. Blackout. No, no, no. Willie snaps his fingers. Lights back up full. Part three, a buddy picture. Hey, what are you doing? Excuse me? Did you say happy ending? Yeah, I did. You live. Happy ending. That's not a happy ending. That's not even an ending. There's more. What? You live. Big deal. This is not a drama. That's not even a comedy. Let's show them the last scene where you become three-dimensional, where 
All your contradictions are revealed. I hate him, but I love him. It's a good story. Let's tell it. What do you mean the last scene? That was the last scene. You hung on for another six months, and then you had a stroke and died. I didn't make the movie. This is where it ends, Willie. So there's no more to write. This is it. No, there is more. And I wrote it. What are you talking about? You know how it goes. You came looking for me. Oh, that. Yeah. You want to show him that? Oh, come on, Pinocchio. You want to be a real boy? Play the scene. Okay. Fuck you. Okay. Right. Gabe takes one chair, puts it downstage to one side. Thank you. Now they are each standing in front of one of the chairs, and they are facing out. They speak to the chair in front of them, not to each other. So? So? I came to see you. I came to see you. You'll never guess who this is. In a million years, you'll never guess. Bet you never thought you'd see me again. <laughs> you guessed. Good for you. Yeah, it's me, Willie Schatz. Surprise. It's me. It's Gabe. I never thought I'd live to see this day. No, 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 that's wrong. But you know what I mean. I hope you will take this the right way. It does my heart good to come here and talk to you. You know what this reminds me of? The bluff overlooking the lake. Because it's so quiet. And the view. And I would think, she's so close, but she's so far. You know, I used to think about swimming the lake. And I had this image that I would almost not make it, like I would almost drown. But I wouldn't care because I had to do it because you were on the other side. And then I'd be almost drowned, no strength left in my arms, gasping for air. And just when I think I can't go any farther, I'd feel the bottom. And I would stand and stumble out of the water, collapse on the beach. And then as soon as I hadn't the strength... I would get up and stumble into your cabin and collapse on your bed and say, I'm here. I swam the lake. I wrote you this song and I had to show you. And I would look at you and your eyes would be filled with wonder and admiration for me. Please don't misunderstand. I don't mean that like I'm here and you're not, that uh, like I outlived you and ha ha ha. That's not what I mean. Just the opposite, in fact. Like you're still here. Somehow. Is that a stupid thing to say? Overly sentimental? Because you know me. I am not sentimental. I pride myself. But you... You're going to say this is ridiculous. Or maybe you're going to say, why the fuck did he never tell me this? But here's the thing. That look, that silent praise, I, I think I spent my whole life looking for that again, trying to make that happen again. So many women, so many songs. And I, I mean, not... Songs, but you know what I mean, screenplays. Mostly screenplays, I guess. Huh, maybe that's why it never happened again. I mean, screenwriters. Who gives a damn about the screenwriter? Most of what he writes in the movie, he thinks everyone else wants to see. Not the movie he wants to see. Yeah, that's the nature of the beast. So right off the bat, you've got two strikes against you. Maybe that's why I never saw that look again in my girl's eye. Because I would fall in love and pour out my heart. Only it wasn't my heart, was it? It was the heart of the general public. Which is to say, it was the heart of exactly nothing at all. I want to try to say this without, if I can. You showed me something. How to go out with grace and style. Like you raised the bar and you got over it. So I'm thinking, hey, I can do that. If he can do that, maybe there's hope for me. You follow me? 
And then a really horrible thing happens. He wants so much to make the movie everyone wants to see. The movie he wants to see becomes just that. He no longer has a movie he wants to see, which is to say he has no heart. That's what ambition does to you in this evil town. And that has changed my life. I don't fear it as much as I used to. It doesn't trouble me like it used to color my thinking. And I'm going to say this, and don't you goddamn laugh at me, you bastard, but I am not as mean as I used to be. I'm a nicer guy. Nobody can figure out why, but I know why. The angst meter is not running nearly as high as it used to. See, here I am, pouring out my heart to you. What is it about you? You must be very special to merit this kind of self-loathing. No, no, it's not self-loathing. But it's the truth. I don't do this for every Joe Schmo, or should I say Missy Schmissy. No, I don't think so. It really doesn't have much of a ring, does it? Melissa. Did I ever call you Melissa even once in your life? I don't think I did. At least I hope I didn't. Willie sees Gabe. Gabe. Willie? Willie Schatz? Yeah, Gabe. W wait a second. Whoa. I mean, I mean, wait a motherfucking minute here. Oh, yeah, I I'll wait. I got time. Yeah, all the time in the world, that kind of thing? Yeah, exactly. So, what are you doing here? I got a better question. What are you doing here? Oh, it's a long story. Tell me. Because I would really like to hear how you explain this. I mean, knowing that it comes from my unconscious mind. I came to see somebody. Yeah? Me too. Who'd you come to see? Come on, I'll show you. You may not like this. It's not me, is it? I'm not dead, am I? Like some kind of Charles Dickens Ebenezer Scrooge thing and you're the ghost of Christmas yet to come? No, it's not you. It's Missy. Oh, Jesus. What happened to Missy? Come on over. Take a look. Ah, uh, no, I don't think so. Car accident. Drunk driving thing. Not good. She lingered, you know, everything hanging in the balance, face of death haunting her at night, meaning of life, capricious nature of death, which, you know, it's almost too much for the human mind to confront. She got hit by a drunk driver? No. She was the drunk driver. Fell asleep, veered off the road, woke up in the trees, trapped inside the wreckage. They rescued her, saved her life. Oh, heroic effort. Good Samaritan and all that. You didn't hear about it. She lingered. No, I didn't. Here's the ironic part. She was in Cedar sinai They have this great trauma unit. How do you know all this, Willie? Social media. Nobody dies unremarked these days. Nobody. So I went and saw her. Jesus, man. Did you really? Well, you know, there I was, same hospital, grimly hanging on. <laughs> Who'd have thunk it, huh? Forgive me for going over this well-trodden road, but that's why I saved your life, because I believe in that kind of thing. Yeah, I know, Gabe, you saved my life. I have no regrets. Right. I do. I heard that. I know you did. Poor Missy. Can't believe she's gone. I was going to go find her. Even though she was as big as I. I'm not sure I believe you on that, Willie. Forgive me for being frank. You never play fair when it comes to women, do you? Oh, that's a shrewd assessment on your part, Gabe. Very shrewd. Well, you know, fool me once. Yeah. The world is an emptier place now. I always harbored a wish about her. Yeah, I don't blame you. I mean, 
even from an early age. She had such a talent for taking- Okay, that's enough. You don't have to go any further in that direction. Okay. If you don't mind, I'll just pay my respects silently. Yeah. And um, what brings you here, Gabe, old man? Willie walks over to the grave where Gabe is still standing. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, right, 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 me. Yeah, you. I thought you were going to be cremated. I was cremated. The kids had my ashes interred so they could come and visit me. Do they? No. I came to say thank you. Yeah, I heard you. You really showed me how to live, Willie. You mean I showed you how to? Yeah, yeah. Why are you really here, Willie? You don't need to visit her grave. It isn't her grave. It's Rin Tin Tin. Shut up. Is it really? Shut up. No, it's one of the Powells. Dick, William, Eleanor, what's the difference? So why are you here? You should have let me die, Gabe. Yeah, I've been thinking about that. You did it on purpose, didn't you? You got me curious about the script. You knew I'd read it, right? And you knew I would worry about your state of mind and that you were trying to tell me something. And then I was going to commit suicide so you would have to make the picture. The publicity, the notoriety. But I got there too soon. You got there too soon. I wanted you to find me. It would have been priceless, that kind of publicity. It would have been too tempting. You would have to make the picture. You saved my life, but you killed the picture. But you had six more months. Yeah, six more months. Trying to get up the nerve again. You know what? Oblivion, annihilation, all those fancy existential words... They don't even come close, I want you to know. There is a genuine terror to facing death. Six months of it you gave me. Six more months of shamefully hanging on to the little bit of life I had left as it got smaller and I got sicker until it was clearly not worth the strength to bear the pain, not worth the breath it took to stay alive. But I couldn't let go like God was some kind of Nazi doctor in the camps, humiliating me, testing me to see how little I could live on. You went with grace, with... No, it came in waves, anger, sadness, panic, weeping, raging, panicking in no particular order, day in, day out. You were happy to see me. I put on a face. You put me through hell. I want you to know what it is, Gabe. It's hell. And that's what you have to look forward to. That's what I'm here to tell you. What is this? This is like a bad dream or something. Like I'm Jimmy Stewart and it's a wonderful life and Sheldon Leonard must have given me some bad liquor. Sheldon Leonard, what the fuck is he doing in that movie? You should have let me go when you had the chance. I didn't think. I just reacted. No, I think you just did it on purpose. No. And you were glad you did it. You were punishing me. For what? For everything. Your wife, Missy, your whole miserable career. Is that why you wouldn't make those movies with me if I had a billion? No, come on. That was an honest mistake. Number one with a bullet. No, please. I already had a cops and robbers in production. Hot robot. Come on, Willie. Why are you doing this to me? I don't deserve this. You never made Screenwriter Dies. What does the Screenwriter Dies have to do with it? I don't get you. No, yes, you do. What are you saying? You're like my guilty conscience? I feel guilty, so I'm punishing myself? You owe me, Gabe. Wait a goddamn minute here. You are a ghost, and you are haunting me. Is this my movie? 
Oh, my God. This is my movie. All the time I thought it was your movie, and it's my movie. It's my movie. It's all about me, not you. You're a misdirect. This is my movie. Wait, wait, wait. Hold, hold on. Slow down. It's not your movie. How could it be your movie? I wrote it. You're dead, Willie. I'm alive. It's about me. Am I going to change? Am I going to see the light? Am I going to find redemption? Gabe, whoa, it's not your movie. Well, it's not your movie. You're dead. It's never the dead guy's movie. Sunset Boulevard. It's not his movie. It's way more complex than that. Okay, yes, yes, you're right. It's not my movie. It's a buddy picture. I wrote it as a buddy picture. A buddy picture? You're saying this is a buddy picture? You mean like Hope and Crosby in the road pictures? Hope and Crosby? None of these people know who Hope and Crosby are. See, this is why I can't trust you for five seconds. What, like Wayne's World? Like Wayne and Garth? No, not like Wayne's World. Jesus. It's more like Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. So, who am I? Am I Butch Cassidy, famous Hollywood leading man who's supposed to carry the picture? Or am I the Sundance Kid, unknown journeyman, comes out of nowhere, almost steals the picture from Paul Newman? No, 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 you're, you're, you're missing the point. Okay, what is the point? I can't believe I'm asking you what is the point of my own picture. Sorry, my own buddy picture. At the end of the movie, when Butch and Sundance are cornered in a stable in the mountains of Peru... And they think there's only a sheriff and a handful of deputies out there, and they can shoot their way out. But actually, there's like a Peruvian general and 500 federales, and they don't have a chance in hell. Yeah. Yeah. It's a very poignant moment. It's a metaphor. Oh, fuck no. It's not a metaphor. It's the end of the movie. It's poignant. We shed a tear. It's over. We go home. We fuck our girlfriends like we're Robert Redford and they're Catherine Ross. No. It's about... Life is a massacre. You think you have a chance to get away. If you didn't, you'd throw down your weapons and come out with your hands up. But you don't. So you come out firing, and you get hammered by 300 rifle shots to the head the second you stick your head out from behind the barn door. Oh, yeah. You're right. Fuck. So what? So make the goddamn picture, Gabe. Take a chance. I don't take chances. I'm a Russian general. I don't attack until I have overwhelming odds. Where's the glory in that? Look, Willie, it's an intellectual arthouse comedy about death and suicide, and I'm getting a pain in my ass just thinking about it. No, Gabe. We are Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. We have shot our way out of every scrape we got into. We'll shoot our way out of this one, too. Make the movie. And what if there are 500 federales out there waiting for us? You can't think that way. You're the Sundance Kid. Oh, yeah? I'm the Sundance Kid? I don't know. Maybe I'm Butch Cassidy. Oh, stop negotiating and make the movie, Gabe. Hey, I like, I like to negotiate. Only time I feel genuinely alive is when I negotiate. Make the goddamn movie, Gabe. Or what? Or I will haunt your dreams and you will never know a day's peace in this life. You're right. I should have let you die. That would have been the compassionate thing to do. Fuck compassionate. The publicity would have been like a tidal wave. I could have made a prestige picture and even if it lost every cent, I would have come out smelling like a rose. Yeah, too bad. I don't think I like being a real boy. I want to go back to being a two-dimensional bad guy. I miss the laughs. Is that a yes? It's not a no. Will you stop? You know, I could have gone into real estate. 
One of my cousins owned half the garment district. That's not why you go to Princeton real estate. You know my favorite line? Let me guess. It's when Jack Guinness stops the cold-blooded killer just as he's disappearing into the crowd, and the killer says, Who are you? And Guinness slaps the cuff on him, and he says, I'm Jack shit. And the killer says, Do I know you? And he says, No, no you, you don't, don't know, know Jack, Jack shit. <laughs> it's very good. I know it's good. No, it's a buddy picture. It's a buddy picture. And if you see him after the show, just be like, yeah, Gabe, totally. Or maybe it's Casablanca, and I'm Claude Rains, and I don't achieve my full humanity until the very end when Bogey and I walk away and disappear, disappear into, into the, the mist. mist. You know, maybe you should have been a screenwriter. Don't get me started. So, now what? Willie raises his hand to snap his fingers. I guess we just... Oh, right. Gabe raises his hand, too. But before they can snap their fingers, we hear an eerie, amplified snap of fingers. Holy, Holy shit! What, what the, the fuck, fuck was, was that? that? Blackout. End of play. This has been a production of Play for Keeps. Thank you for joining us. 